This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southey. Hello, we are back. Things are different. It is me, Steph, the fanalist, for the first time coming to you with Justin Bean. Unfortunately, our friends Roscoe and Southey were a little busy today at work. We all know they're in the movie field, so kudos to them. Make bank, boys. But uh, yeah, what happened, Bean? I don't know. I thought this was going to be a great episode with so much enthusiasm and excitement, but what? <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, hello, by the way. And yeah, for the last five games, we've come out and we've got the lead and we have blown it. Um, <sighs> needless to say, this hasn't been the best road trip for us. There's been goods and bads, but it it looked so promising right off the hop. And then it, it quickly became like the rest of the games. Yeah, exactly. For those who did not watch the full game, the Leafs were in the Madison Square Gardens tonight and unfortunately lost 6-3 to against the Rangers in the original six showdown. And, you know, we thought it was going to be a tough game anyways because it was a battle against the goalies. I mean, Igor Shosturkin leading the league in goals against average. I mean, we had battle against the league giraffes. <laughs> <laughs> Ingvall and Kreider, of course, but man, of course, even thinking about the Matthews uh, record-breaking scenario, but hey, I'm glad that he tied the record, of course, but we have a lot of, you know, we have high expectations in Leaf Nation, so. We do. We're we're spoiled with the team that we have, and I, I guess we just come to expect the best, especially how this, this season started, right? Um, well, technically not how it started. It started pretty rough, but we picked it up fairly, fairly <sighs> quickly. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you're right about that. Our first uh, month or so of episodes, we were just ripping on the leaves and expecting mid-season form right off the hop because we know what they can do. And we were so excited about a full season finally after the whole COVID scenario. But yeah, we at the end of the day, I got to say, we have to be proud of our leaves because we get to witness this type of generational talent today and not, I don't know, I, I mean, Bean, you, you talk about so much Leafs history and everything that goes with that, but we have to appreciate the talent that's in front of us now, like Matthews. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's, I've, I've mentioned it the last couple casts as well that... I don't know if we truly grasp the the greatness that we're watching. Like we all know Matthews is great. We all know Marner is great and we all love the team and mm -hmm. we've come to have some pretty lofty expectations for them based on how they're playing. Um, yeah. But when you start looking through the history books and some of the players that these guys are passing in the all time list is just ridiculous. Matthews is almost intent all time for goals already. Yeah, yeah, insane. Absolutely. And every time I look at this Leafs roster and just see the years that they were born, I'm just like, ugh. Makes man. you think, what did you do with your life, right? 
I know. Where did we go wrong? I mean, well, I'm female, but <laughs> hey, one one day that won't. Other matter. than that, one day we hope. But anyway, with tonight's game, we had Richie off protocol and actually practicing with the Leafs, but he was a scratch tonight. And we also had Justin Hall and and Kashe also on. Uh, protocol still but that also gives a chance to the barn so biega was called up we saw the likes of lily and sandine on the second pairing with and then biega with dermot on the third pairing so but we'll get into that we'll get into that but first period man i was i was hyped 244 right into the first our boy makayev scores Woo! Lily sends the puck into the zone. Mikhaev treats it on the forecheck, but loses it to, who was it? Niemeth off the board, but Ingval recovery right back to Mikhaev gets into position and boom, in. Yep, little Russian on Russian attack there as Mikhaev buries on Igor (laughs) Shesterkin to open it up. Yes. Man, four goals in the last six games. This guy is currently shooting at a 26.1 shooting percentage. Oh, I mean, last year he was at 6.5, the year before an 8.2. And they were saying on the broadcast, an average NHL player averages around 9.5. But man, I'm here for it all day long. I mean, you want to be a snake? You want to be a cobra? Whatever you want to be, man, I'm here for it. So. Yeah, 100%. He's <laughs> like, it was the running joke last year, right? He had so many chances, chance after chance after chance, and just could never bury. And this year they're going yeah. in for him. It's it's bound to level out a little bit, but let's hope it doesn't get too bad. Yeah, for sure. This guy is going to want bank. I mean, he requested the trade in the off season and, you know, he wants more minutes. He's on the third line and he obviously can't outbeat the top six right now. That's just my opinion. But who knows? Um, do you think he sticks around past the deadline or? I, it, to me, unless you get an offer that's too good to refuse, it, it'd be kind of stupid to trade him before the deadline. Um the the term that's come come to the forefront a lot in the last handful of years is own rental, right? Um, mm-hmm. Why give up uh, a prospect or a, a potential future piece or a pick or anything like that to bring someone in when you have Mikheyev there who can be a depth piece for us going down the road? Um, the yeah. downside to that is you potentially lose them for nothing but you already had him. You didn't give up anything to get him, right? Like we gave up so much to get Felino. Can't help it that he got hurt, but he got hurt. Didn't really supply mm-hmm. us with anything. And then we lost him for nothing. Yeah. And interesting you say Felino. I know we've talked so much about this topic in the past and I don't mean to linger it on, but I mean, it is a topic in Leafs Nation. And it's like, Whoever screws up, who's next to go? Or whoever's doing well, oh, keep them on the roster, right? But yeah, Mr. Stone Hands has softened up and he is, he seems like he's in his prime right now for some reason, right? But thinking back to Nick Felino and what he's doing now, I mean, even with the Boston Bruins, he only has six points on the year and 
you know, I wasn't that excited when the Leafs signed signed him last year. But, you know, there was the hype about his father playing and such. And you you always have good faith in these players. And then, unfortunately, it doesn't work out. But I'm with you there, Bean. I hope the best for Mikheyev. I want him to stay on the team. But, I mean, he's going to want to get paid. And, unfortunately, we may not be able to afford yep. him. And Dubas has, but, has shown a lot of players that he he's willing to do what he can to help the players. If they're not going to be a regular on the Leafs, he will move them. Even if it's not the best trade, some fans will say that's mm-hmm. not good for us, but it gives him a lot of respect with the players. So who knows down the line, how that could help like Barabanov. He wasn't really getting yeah. a chance last year. So they move him to San Jose. He's playing awesome this year. Yes. I'd love to have him on the Leafs, but it wasn't working. Be it the city, the coach, who knows, right? You never know. Another interesting name, if you want to talk about past Leaf players who are currently playing, is uh, Travis Boyd, who is the first-line center of the Arizona Coyotes. He also scored tonight. I just wanted to bring that up. But remember our boy, Travis Boyd? I think Boyd's only the first-line center because Study was working tonight. (laughs) (laughs) No no, no offense to Study, but it is Arizona. Man. Anyways, moving on. So next, man, we had a. Cr- oh no, I was Go just ahead. gonna get on with the first there. Uh, 317 <laughs> in the first. Chris Kreider trips up Biega and then uh, tries to chirp him a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Sends the Leafs to the power play. <laughs> then finally, after yeah. what seemed like a decade, Marner bumps the slump. A thousand games. Bumps the slump. Marner finally buries. <laughs> what was it? Hundred and. 102, 103 games. Tavares, Tavares yeah. completely instrumental on that goal. Wins a face-off, drops it back, plays a little, you take it, no, you take it, no, you take it, with Marner. <laughs> Goes in behind the net. It, yeah, potato. exactly, in behind the net. As he's falling down, dumps it out to Willie out front with the beauty no-look pass back to Marner as he buries it over Shesterkin's blocker shoulder. Man, two good things happened on this play. I mean, it they were all great, but first Marner brings breaks this what thousand game, I mean, hundred game slump of no power play. I bet goal. you it felt like a thousand to him. Sorry, I had to. And then William Nylander with his three hundredth career point. Have to note that. Yes, finally. Mitch Marner, though. Oh, my God. I'm just, you know what? We we spoke about him not having to have that role of scoring on the power play. I know it's nice. He has to eventually. It's going to happen. But, man, this is the little quick shot I was talking about for so mm-hmm. long. Just, I don't expect a heavy shot. I don't expect fancy doodle draw your name in the ice with my skates and put a cherry on top all i want is for him to be in position make those quick plays and just like tonight he was right there wide open cage just lifted it right over shesterkin's uh, shoulder top cheese and in yeah baby so yeah he's normally normally more of a facilitator but he he was able to bury it and who knows? That might uh, might help shake things up a little bit. Our first couple of yeah. power plays tonight looked awesome. 
For sure. I had such good feeling after witnessing those two power plays. I mean, the second power play, not much happened, but the Leafs held the zone. They had or the Pete, like everything was just good for me. There was quick puck movement. There were great zone entries. I mean, they recovered if they did lose possession. And yeah, I, it was one of those moments where I thought, wow, Marner is getting comfortable on this power play unit. And he's finally, I don't know, gaining that confidence back that we want to see so he can just succeed because Leafs Nation, we just want this guy to succeed because not even thinking about the contract, but I mean, hometown boy, he has everything going for him. So yeah, for for sure. I, but, I even lucked out. I was able to watch him a lot when he was on the London Knights. Um. I'd, I'd live down closer to London, so got out to a couple games. He, he's been pure skill always, and, you know, sometimes people question the work effort, effort but it's it's definitely there. Definitely. And the Rangers were kind of, like, button mashing after after those two penalty penalties for them and you were just they were just like oh my god and i was thinking is this going to be a colorado moment where they pull kemper and then things go downhill like i wasn't sure what to expect but you know this first period more more things happen with the penalty i mean toronto penalty uh your giraffe hooking on fox Stu- oh, stupid penalty. Man. You you could see it. The way, I don't know if if Fox had said something to Engvall, but Engvall was kind of chasing him around, and you you could kind of sense that something was coming. Thankfully, the Leafs were able to kill it off, though. So that's one thing that I have been really impressed with this year. This entire season, the penalty kill's been unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I have to give kudos to my boy Camp. Man, did you see that play where he forced Fox off the point and just? kick the puck out and then it just turned into this transitional play where I believe uh Ingvall or someone Marner had a breakaway and unfortunately didn't result in anything but there was also another just on this uh penalty kill for the Toronto Maple Leafs the Kerfoot he broke up a putt by not allowing the Rangers to set up just so many good points I mean camp is 55.2% on the dot yes what a yeah. great signing. Yeah, 100%. But. He's not signed to score you goals. He's signed to shut things down and win face-offs. And that, that, that's his mm-hmm. role. Yeah. And right after that, I thought uh, the first shift back for the fourth line, they had a really good shift. I mean, Clifford threw the puck on net towards Spezza. He unfortunately couldn't get the rebound. Uh, <laughs> Igor is amazing. But Simmons also had a good chance in front. I mean, I was really, I don't know, I had good thoughts about this fourth line, the first two periods. I know the third period was like, eh, but we'll get there soon. Yep. But then good old Ryan Reeves, 12, 1252 yes. in the first period, gets his first as a Ranger. Oh, Biega. Yes. Biega. Oh, Biega. Biega and Dermott. 50th of his career. Yeah. Yeah, Biega I, and Dermot, but man, Ryan Reeves. I, I'm kind of surprised that it's his 50th career goal. I don't know. I thought this guy had more goals, but because he's been a, such a longtime player. I think he said it was his 13th year. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but 
Wow. But this fourth line for the New York Rangers, though, whew, they were heavy. They were Do you know what the good. fourth line has on it? A, fo- a former Leaf. What? As always, oh, yes. Greg McKegg, the, uh, the, the the player we traded for Hyman back in 2015. I think the Leafs still won that trade. Um, yeah, man, he was a draft pick of the Maple Leafs back in where is it here? Back in 2010, third round, 62nd overall. Yeah, wow. he only played a couple games for the Leafs, not much, and we traded him for Hyman, which. We all okay. fell in love with, so I I do still think we won that trade. <laughs> Definitely, wow! That just good to know because McKeg, that name just flew out of my radar for a sec there. But now that you're mentioning it, wow! I I do remember this guy, and I thought this was a different McKeg. Actually, I didn't think that guy was still yeah, playing. He, he's still in the league. <laughs> yeah, so Biega gets wow. lost with Dermot already battling on the boards and. Ryan Reeves gets left alone out front, takes a pass on his backhand, goes to forehand, <sighs> and beats Soupy Blocker side. Yeah, this was not good. This was purely a rookie move. And I mean, when you watch the replay, Dermot got muscled off that puck. I mean, he went flying off that puck. So partially it's not on him because the guy went flying off his feet. But at the same time, you look up, and then there's a ranger right in front of your net with no one there. And Biega is looking like, what do I do? What do I do? And yeah. being bang bong in, of course. I mean, Jack can't save the day every single second of the day. So. Yep, you, you, you got you to gotta mark your man in that kind of situation. Biega, even if he couldn't tie him up or couldn't outmuscle him, because Reeves is a big man, you, you have to at least be mm-hmm. there and try to get in the way. So, but... Alas, it's it was you know only two one at that point, so we're 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 still good. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Biega with twelve twenty one tonight on the ice. Uh, I know Keith wasn't happy there. I mean, it's rare to see the guy smile, but you know, deep down inside, you. <laughs> He's, he's thinking to himself, like, was this the right move? I don't know. Maybe it's just me thinking to myself, but yeah. <laughs> But other than that, I I did not have many complaints about Biega, though. But this play, of course, you just you can't ignore the play. Then uh, Poppy Matthews is tripped up by Kreider in front of the Ranger bench. No call, of course. And same shift, he recovers the puck, goes beast mode, bringing the play back up the ice. And a crazy backhand, he leaned his entire weight on it. Like, he had one leg bent down and almost off the ice onto a backhand with a great Oof. rebound and bunts just buries the rebound. Yes. Oh, love it. And the thing I really liked about this play too, was the Lilligran transition to Marner, which carried the play up the ice. This is what started the play to begin with. And of course, we're rooting for Lily all the way now because he's finally a full-time roster player. Well, in my mind anyways, right? He's earned that spot. But yeah, and bunting, you know, you got to give it to him too for constantly pushing and constantly getting in that blue paint. And whether it's throwing the bod, whether it's throwing a knee or bunting it in. I see what you did there. <laughs> he crashes the net. 
<laughs> yeah. He crashes the net hard and he's Hyman 2.0 plus more some nights. And some nights you don't see it as much, but the speed with Marner and Bunting on Matthew's wings. And Bunce Ooh. is still technically a rookie. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. But after this play, um, the Leafs, they had a couple good chances, you know. Riley sent it to the net once, almost had a good chance, lost the puck, gets out of the zone. It was kind of ping-pongy there, but the period ends and the shots were 11-7 to for Toronto. They dominated the face-off circle 73.7%. They were 1-2 for two on the power play, so it was a pretty good first period. And but second period We, we can starts. just stop there, right, and go into questions like <laughs> second period was a dog's <laughs> breakfast like it was uh, it was very sloppy well i gotta say on the first shift mckay of almost scores <laughs> yes and that was nice i was like oh okay but a lot of those moments where i'm like oh oh oh, 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 oh. but yeah, and also good save, good save, Soupy, of course, on Zabanajad. I had a note there I just wanted to bring up. But, of course, Reeves doubled, doubles down on his scoring count tonight on an unlucky play, of course. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but Sandine tried, and he couldn't get his stick on the second swipe at the puck from Miller, and it wasn't on Campbell. I don't know. What do you think about if, that? If scene? you watch the replay on that one, Keandre Miller actually pulled a Lidstrom. So the first oh. defenseman I had noticed do it, I'm sure someone did it beforehand and others have done it since. Um, Nicholas Lidstrom mm -hmm. used to be very, very talented at, especially in, in Detroit's arena at banking pucks off the backboards to players that were out front. And if you look, Miller took this okay. little wrister from the point, intentionally missed the net. Cause he knew he had Reeves out front and banked it, banked it right to him. Sandine, all he could do, Reeves is twice the size of him. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Got a stick on the first one. Couldn't get the second. It, it it's one of them, yeah. you know, not really too much he could have done, but at the same time, kind of a meh goal. You could have had it, maybe should have, but you can't be too upset with it. Yeah, this was the point of the game where I was rooting for the fourth line. I mean, majority of the game, but this is the this part where things started to fall apart. Unfortunately, I mean, our fourth line was on the ice for the school, but I don't know. I feel like the positioning was out of whack at some points with our demon and it wasn't on Campbell again. I mean, that just snuck right through over the top of his shoulder, unfortunately. And well, Moving on, yep. right? <laughs> These next two periods are going to be quick, folks. New York. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be pretty quick. But New York Rangers, I mean, this actually happens to other teams, Justin. Uh, too many men on the ice. Woo! I, I thought it was strictly <laughs> against the Leafs. Like, you, you yeah. could only call it against but, a Toronto-based team. But, yeah, yeah, too too many men on the you ice. You thought, Aaron eh? serves it. Yeah, well, guess what? Other teams, it happens too. And tonight, I was it was weird when I was like, why is Panarin, our, the bread man, the 
the ultimate PP guy going to the box. Oh, yeah. Too many men on the ice and he has to sit. Oh, that hurts. That hurts for them. But good thing is that they did not score on their power play, which was great. But there was a good look for Nylander there. He had a huge shot. I think it was a breakaway. And then uh, Sandine actually dangled into the zone, too, and attempted to pass to Matthews, which was cut off. But those moves, man, whoop, 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 was like, ooh, you getting fancy, yeah, c- huh? a couple plays. Campbell but, calmly shuts the door on Rooney as Rooney tries to power in from the wing. Um, Yeah, nothing. Like, it started out as a, a, a bad display of hockey to start the period. Very, very sloppy. It, it, it mm-hmm. cleaned itself up towards the end of the second. Um, Fox ties it up after a, a little bit of a giveaway by Lilypad. Panarin, Panarin to Strom. Yeah. Strom over to Fox to tie it. Yeah. If there's any Ranger who needs to score tonight, sorry, guys. It has to be Adam Fox because he's on my fantasy team. But, <gasps> man. <laughs> They don't. They all don't have to score, okay? I mean, <laughs> I'm just ask, asking for one goal, not six goals, but we'll get there. <laughs> right after the Fox goal, the New York Rangers go on the penalty kill because Strom slashed Bunting. In the head. And in the head, Bunts of course. Ju- Wish I had yeah, a sound yeah. for that. Bunts just, just misses a tap-in. <laughs> Gets knocked down and and Strom gets him with a, a stick to the side of the head. And needless to say, Bunting gets up and he has a, a, a couple words for Strom as Strom's going to the box. Yeah, I'm surprised um, Muzzin's in concussion protocol and not Bunting with the amount of times this guy gets hit in the head and knocked out. Right. I mean, it's not funny, but at the same time, I'm like, wow. And I applaud this guy for just getting right back up and giving it to them and having a mouth, you know, because you can't let this slide, especially in today's world of NHL and these referees. I mean, I've already put out the um, referees wanted signs with the Braille on them. So (laughs) that doesn't seem to be working, but... (laughs) But I don't know these calls, man. But on the on the penalty kill or on the power play, sorry, Tavares almost had a good good shot, but he whiffed a Marner pass, and that's where I went, yeah, no. And the Matthew shot uh, deflected way up in oh, the air. Oh, did you see him deke the, and bounce deke back the defender out of his jock strap just before that, though? <laughs> tied his balls in yeah knot. yeah essentially he was dying to try to bury one but aside from the Tavares chance and Matthews it was kind of a mediocre power play yes I totally agree things near the end of the second period end of the second going into the third it was just a little it was a lot of ping pong action I mean once the any team had the puck that's when they just immediately rushed down the ice and then they would give up the puck and then the other team would immediately do the same thing and then it would just go back and forth until they just make a mistake and someone scores unfortunately yeah there there wasn't a lot of sustained pressure by new york and toronto's end it was a lot of off the rush and chances that way like realistically Mm -hmm. very disappointed at the loss 
very disappointed that they blew another lead, but really can, can we, yes. Okay. Yes. We can be that. We can be very overly critical, but they, they didn't play horribly. Yeah. And that's kind of like the Colorado game, right? Where, I mean, everyone and their grandma was writing about how Jack Campbell had the worst game of his career, pretty much. And even fantasy people on Yahoo were writing horrible things about our boy Jack Campbell. And I was very mad about and (laughs) just unwarranted I don't know, media things like this narrative where it's just, it clearly is not what's happening and it makes you go insane after you read it. Yeah. That you mentioned before that article was just absolute trash. Like (laughs) we were joking. Yahoo hired Steve Simmons to write that. (laughs) Yeah, man. But third period starts and, you know, Bunting had a good good chance, chipping it down to Nylander, who had a good breakaway chance on Shesterkin. And I saw a little stat there. Nylander's leading the league in breakaways. Is this real life? Yeah, but, you know, he, he doesn't try. He doesn't put the effort in, right? Like, we definitely, definitely <laughs> should have taken Nick Ritchie over him in the draft. Oh, God. Man, I'm convinced that... <laughs> Kyle Clifford can do the exact same thing as Nick Ritchie, if not better. Fight me on it. I thought you were the Ritchie defender. No, I'm the Ritchie hater. (laughs) I've been the Ritchie hater all season long. And that's where the guys like to joke about that and say, defender, I am actually the person who has given Ritchie their last chance, like, in November. But... I don't know. That's just me because, of course, we're critical Leaf fans and I'm watching, you know, because we saw him on PP1 with the the Boston crew, Pasternak, Bergeron, uh, Marshan. We saw him projected to be top six, uh, top line, and the chances were there, like we said. But now he's he was scratched, waved back again scratched so we'll see i'm I'm glad that the salary is cut in half of course because we need that moving yeah, forward absolutely but yeah kyle clifford can do what richie can do if not better that's my take moving forward and i probably will get some hate from it but i don't fine. think you'll get too much that's that's <laughs> that's not what i would call a hot take you don't need the oven oven mitts for that one Okay, (laughs) so we're warm. (laughs) But yeah, the third period, man, Campbell standing on his head a couple times, especially on Kreider, who was in the blue paint after a Truba pass uh, below the blow paint. That toe save. Yes. Had another non-call on Kreider as he catches the puck and holds it and turns to get away from the Leaf player before he drops it. We're just gonna play handball yeah, now. Well, that... We're just gonna scoop it up and do whatever the hell we want, which is fine. But you know, it led to good things for them because that's when the Rangers finally took the first lead of the night. For if you're talking from their perspective, when Ryan Strom scores, and 
this is another guy on some of my fantasy teams. So I wasn't too mad. I was just mad at the score. But yeah, it was a poor play by our D once again. L- Lindgren had a point shot. Um, that's Lindgren, not Lilligren. I'm not talking about our defenseman. Um, Lind- Lindgren had a point mm. shot and it uh, deflected off Nylander right to Strom. Strom was cutting in and he just had the tap in into the open net. Can't really fault Campbell on that one. It uh, no, it it, it happens. Every, every, like even on the broadcast, they were trying to maybe say, "Oh, Campbell's not playing that great." Okay, he's allowed twenty-one goals mm-hmm. in the last five games. So this road trip, he has allowed twenty-one goals. Yeah. But actually, no, sorry, he's allowed twenty because Mrazek played the Arizona game. Never mind. Sorry, That's so right. twenty goals in yeah. four games. Yeah. That's not the the soup that we're used to, but it's not like he's playing bad. He's not pulling the Toscala on us. He's <laughs> he's battling. Even if he lets a bad one in, he doesn't give up. He keeps battling, keeps battling. Like, look at Kadri's face after that save against Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't yeah. pin it on him yet. No. That's for sure. And we'll dive more into that very soon with a Twitter question. But uh, just to clear up the rest of the game, I mean, the Leafs unfortunately uh, took another penalty for goaltender interference by Ilya Mikhaev. Um, Just a unfortunate kind of slew footing play there where his legs were too far apart and of course he's in the paint so you can't miss yeah, right that one. right after a but, beautiful try by that uh, camp line cobra almost buried another one yes yes i know he was speedy eh? i i love this guy's speed he's like a sneaky snake <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of that gif oh my god but that's why I keep posting it, guys. So people on Twitter, I don't know. I have this gift stuck in my head oh. now. So now you all have to on that penalty kill. Marner out battles Fox and Zabanajad on the boards to tip it to Engvall for a shorthanded breakaway. So we, we yes. saw some good battles. Unfortunately, Shesterkin stood on his head, but. Yeah. I mean, this guy after the second goal just kind of pulled up his socks and was like, okay, I am the league uh, leader in goals against average. I do not take this shit. So I will play better now. I mean, of course, the team just played better as a whole, but I'm just pretending. But yeah, I had notes too that Mitch Marner, man, this is where I really, really missed him on that penalty kill. I mean, he's so fast, especially when you put the giraffe out there with him. Yeah. Oof. You blink and you you miss what happens. But Chesterkin, he's been so good tonight. And he totally robbed Tavares in front, too, when <laughs> Willie fired it into the slot so hard. Yes, he did. And then, I don't know what ha- I couldn't even see the puck. I was just like, oh, that happened because I'm hearing it happen from the announcers. But, wow, he has a... Really good shot. It's just been getting better and better and better, but yeah. And then unfortunately, right after that, Chris Kreider scores his 25th of the season and Matthews actually loses the draw for once. This is rare and the puck goes to the point. And of course, nobody has Kreider in front. Why? Yeah. 
the Why? the Reeves situation all over again. Um, yeah, just it, it, we've been very lucky. The Leafs have won a lot of their faceoffs this year, and you've even seen it a couple times in the mm-hmm. way they play. They'll kind of nonchalantly get a whistle in in almost any way they can, just because they have faith in their guys to win the draw. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Leafs are first overall in the league on the dot at 55.5%. And I mean, maybe 10 episodes ago, we were talking about these stats. But now that we're a little bit deeper into the season and we're we're on game number 34, is it, at this point? We have a good sample size to play with. And for the Leafs still being number one on the dot, that says a lot. And also being number two. Number two overall on the power play at 29.7%. Wow. Just, I got to give it to them. Like, I, I I don't want to be that person who hates on the Leafs, shits on the Leafs. I mean, there's so much to praise about the Leafs. So, but it's just in these moments as we break down the games where I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> And of course... Right after the Chris Kreider goal, we had a very, very, I don't know, it was like a high moment where Matthew scores and we all thought he broke the record. And But then there was two challenges, the high stick challenge, the kicking motion challenge, and of course, the goal gets yeah, turned so, over for a kicking motion. Yeah, Tavares with a beauty hand-eye to knock it down out of the air. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is that everybody thinks of high stick as the crossbar. That's just for goals. If it's not goal-related, so in that instance, when he's just knocking it out of the air and then another player is going to get it before it goes in the net, it's actually shoulder, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So you could have someone like Chara yeah. out front of the net, and that stick could be in Tavares's face when he touches the puck, but as long as he touches the puck and someone else touches it before it goes in the net, it'd be a good goal still. So the the, the high wow. sticking part wow. of it was pretty straightforward. Like the, the kicking one at that point, it kind of could have almost gone either way. We've seen a lot of weird goals this year with regards to was it a kicking motion, was it not a kicking motion? So I, I, I wasn't holding my breath, but obviously I was hoping that that we would be able to get one there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I didn't see the high stick because I know about the shoulder thing and the crossbar thing, but the kicking motion, unfortunately, the first review I saw, I was kind of like, oh no, this is a kick. That To me, it was a kick and it may have seemed like he wanted to just settle the puck down, but it was such a quick mo- moving play that I think if he took that point two of a second to put his stick there, Shesterkin would have just been there right before. And I don't know, it was just such a high adrenaline moment, it seemed that, yeah, unfortunately. And after that, the Leafs pull their goalie with over three minutes to go. And Sabanajad scores an empty netter to really, really seal the deal. Uh, well, Sabanajad won the draw, and Fox actually buried the empty netter. His first two-goal game. 
Oh, yes. I definitely so, wrote that down. Th- that's all good. That helps your fantasy <laughs> yes, team more. Fox. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Fox. But <laughs> hey, he was like my second overall draft pick. So this guy better be <laughs> producing. But <laughs> but yeah, that, that brings us to the end of the Leaf game. And, you know, this to me tonight, it went by so quickly because there was so much action and so much to talk about especially in the first period until things just unfortunately went downhill but you still had that hope and people were pretty good i mean i gotta ask come on (laughs) oh it's not gonna work for me i'm gonna ask you bean who was pretty good tonight in your opinion pretty pretty good. good Um, we've touched on it a little bit. Obviously, Cobra, um, Mikheyev was all over the place. I don't recall him having a bad shift tonight. Um, he, mm-hmm. he'd have to be my pick, followed closely by by Bunts, Mikey Bunts. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. And you know, I kind of got to give it to my giraffe too, Pierre Ingval. He was 100% on the face-offs tonight. He has an assist. He has five shots on goal. But ultimately, it's the Cobra, too. The The Cobra takes takes the cheese tonight, and he two four shots on net, two hits. I mean, he had one giveaway, but he played 15 and a half minutes, and he had power play opportunity. And this guy's speed, his reach... His everything, it's working, it's clicking, and now is the time. Of course, he wants to show off and hopes to get a good contract, but I hope he remembers to play for the Leafs <laughs> now, too. <laughs> if that makes yep. any sense. But uh, I got to ask you, too, Bean, how's the D? Well, I've already commented on Biaga. I wasn't... Uh, I know he's in a tough situation, but I wasn't very happy with him tonight. Dermot was was not very impressive as well. Um, thankfully, mm-hmm. there was some good signs. I thought Sandine continued his steady play. Um, okay, yeah, he had a couple rough moments, but it's not like he did any bonehead moves or anything. Um, and yeah. the, the big takeaway for me, which is really important to the Leafs defense core, is that Brody looked like Brody. He was he was quiet. He didn't yeah. do anything that made you think, oh, what are you doing? He had his active stick, breaking up plays, breaking up passes. So I, I, I'd say Sandine and, and Brody were my two big takeaways there. Sandine definitely rewarding Keefe with the confidence he showed him. And first period, it looked like Lily was too, but that, that diminished a little bit. <laughs> Now, without looking at your sheet or anything in front of you, how long do you think Morgan Riley was on the ice tonight? What was Just his time on ice? Just off the top of my head, mm, I'd say it's probably pretty low. Um, 20 minutes? And what makes you say that? Um, I just I don't recall noticing him that much. Not that, not that that's a bad thing, but 
<laughs> no, normally he's up in the play. He's in there with Matthews and Marner and he, he's, you know, he's trying to spark stuff, but I don't recall seeing too much yeah. of him tonight. Well, Riley played 27, Ooh. 19 tonight. Hey, that's, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm perfectly happy to be wrong on that one. I, that's why I had to ask you, you know, because I agree with you. I, I did see Sandine and Lily out there up on the play a lot and they played a comfortable 1704 and 1755. Actually, Lily, Lily led with 1755 over Sandine, even though Sandine had two minutes and 19 seconds on the power play. But that just goes to show, like you said, Keith is he's confident in them. And I mean, they still are rookies. They still look like <laughs> cleanup needs to be done in a lot of areas, but they have come a long, long way and they deserve to be in this lineup nightly in my 100%. opinion. But Biega, <laughs> I don't know this. He was minus two, one shot, two hits. One giveaway, twelve twenty-one tonight. Yeah, and Dermot minus three, two hits, twelve fifty-eight. Yeah, we we definitely missed eh. Muzzin, and I don't know if Johnny will let me live it down, but we we maybe missed Hall tonight. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. As much as it pains me to say, especially. No, I, I totally agree with you. And Hall is a guy where you see his face every single night and you know um you you know you're gonna see him and you know the role that he's gonna play, but the uh New York Rangers bulked up in the offseason. I mean, before they were a soft, soft team, before the whole Tom Wilson shit show happened, and then they acquired Ryan Reeves, Nemeth, and all these other players and it would be nice to have someone like Justin Hall tonight to throw around the bod and actually make those fair positional plays and not go too crazy. Let leave that to Morgan Riley, you know, like the offensive yep. play, but yeah, but I'm just going to go to a Twitter question now, since we're on the topic of the Leafs still, uh, we have Sarah underscore wall from Twitter asking us what's next for Jack with the well-overloaded February schedule, where will we see the goalie A slash B rotation formalized? I, mm. My opinion, I, th I think we're going to have to. Um, like, it, I don't know how they lucked out, but if you ask me, I guess February's busy. We play 12 games in 28 days, but somehow in yeah. all of that, we only have one back-to-back. I like I don't know how mm -hmm. I, I haven't looked at many of the other team schedules. I'm not sure exactly how many back to backs everyone else has, but I was expecting a lot worse schedule than that. Um, yes, it's still a lot of games in a very short amount of games or in a very short amount of days. But like you look at the Jets, they're going to have eight games in 14 days. Um, this is just just in in the seven to 22 day or 7th to 22nd of February, sorry, Olympic window. Jets have eight games in 14 yeah. days. The Canucks have six and 14. So everybody's going to be in the same boat, mainly Canadian teams, unfortunately, but um, 
Mm-hmm. It's do or die for Mrazek, man. Like he hasn't really had a chance, but yeah. he, he's going to get it now. We we need to give Jack a break. Yeah, I totally agree. It's do or die for Peter Mrazek on this Toronto Maple Leafs team, unfortunately. But man, you carry a pretty hefty salary cap fee. And for the amount of games that he has been limited to, unfortunately, with the injury, but we knew he was injury yep. prone, right? We we knew that this was going to happen, unfortunately, once again. But to your point being, um, from that time period, from February 7th to the 22nd, Ottawa is the team with the most games played. They will play 10 games, but the Hurricanes, the Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Winnipeg Jets will each play eight within that span. So you damn well know that these other teams will be using their goalie B a lot because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Soup is elite. He is my favorite. Everyone knows that I will root for Soup to to death but the guy needs a break especially if he's going to face 35 plus shots every night i mean tonight not so much but it's still some of those saves was were equivalent to about three saves just from the movement he had to make you know what i mean so yeah it's i don't know and that brings us to our second part of that question which is how do you guys think the long road trips on the schedule for February and March will impact on our boys? Will the mental load of being away from family be deciding factor to performance? Um, hmm. Thankfully, from everything that everyone's been able to see um, through broadcasts, interviews, social media, everything, this team is the, the most tight-knit Leaf team I think I've I've ever really had had a chance to watch um mm-hmm. that mixed with the the crazy diversity on the on the team like you have every everyone from Bunting and Sandine and these young guys right up to Jason Spezza who is old enough to call everyone a kid right like that <laughs> I, I think they've got a good mix yes nothing can can match being able to sleep in your own bed drive your own car, cook your food in your own kitchen, right? Like it, it's different, but if we can continue not only Canada, but the States and, and kind of easing a little bit of restrictions, I think it'll help part of that part of the fun of being on a a traveling team, right? As you can travel, you can eat out at restaurants, you can enjoy your teammates. So it's a little different than last year. So yes, it's going to be very difficult, but they don't really have, too horrible of a schedule as i said the longest road trip in february um is only three games and that's western canada you got calgary vancouver and then seattle so it's not not horrible but it's still a lot of games Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with that um these men are professionals. I mean, we all miss our family and friends at the end of the day, but I don't mean to be the harsh critic of this response, but this is a part of the job. And I'm always thinking about numbers. I mean, Steph the Fanalist, come on. But if 
I'm going to be making about 60k a game. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but you know, like they're, this is a part of the job. And these guys, they know what to expect. I mean, they were expecting to go to China for the Olympics. That would have been a huge mental toll. I mean, if my partner went to China for the Olympics and then happened to have to, unfortunately, um, go into quarantine for five weeks or whatever it was, like max out, that would worry me way more than what the NHL is coming to face. Absolutely. Very soon. Yeah. So... I'm glad that they're staying in Canada. Don't get me wrong. I wish that they do have a best-on-best best tournament. I mean, we do have our all-stars happening, and I know there's controversy on how Yeah, like, don't get started on that. <laughs> I'm sure that will be a topic for next show's episode, or the next episode, uh, when we have more more of us on. But, hey, Everyone was whining about Kadri. He made yes, it. Yes, so. he did. Thankfully. <laughs> I can say I voted for him. Yes. Oh, good job, Bean. You're you're good, Bean. Were you were you gonna be a little uh pissy? <laughs> Are you pissy? <laughs> no. Oh, so man. speaking of that. Just for some um, Yeah, speaking I, I didn't know Edmonton had a Steve Simmons wannabe. Like <laughs> not 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 to rip on them again, but it, to me, yes, the team's frustrated. Yes, it's your job to ask questions. But there was even part like part of the clip that wasn't played. There was a question before that, and read his body language, man. Like you you don't, yeah. Yes, you have to ask questions, and he technically has to give answers. But if you don't like his answers, that's not really your fault. Or that's not his fault. Yeah. Yeah. For some context to our listeners, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, who we all know is a NHL superstar, like super, superstar, top three in the NHL, had a exchange with uh, Hockey Hall of Fame reporter Jim Matheson, who asked him if there was one thing that the team had to change in order to be successful again, if he can pinpoint one thing. And, you know, he's asking Leon Dreisaitl, not even the captain. The guy's not going to call out his own goalie either. So we all all know what he wanted to say, but he's not (laughs) going to say it. Man, but Leon pretty much responds with, there's many things. We can change a lot of things. And then Jim says, can you elaborate? Leon says, no, you can do that. You pretty much always have been, you know, everything for us as a media counterpart, you know, everything is what he says. And then he straight up pissy Leon Dreisaitl. Why are you so (laughs) pissy on the record? Are you kidding me? And then he continues when Leon's like, Oh, what? No, I'm just, I just answered your question. He continues like, Every time I ask you a question, you're so yeah, pissy. It was like he was chastising his child. And then, yeah, like his 12-year-old child who he was about to beat with his belt and just whip that out and just say, listen here, boy. I mean, if you want to see a boomer have a little mental breakdown without actually flipping shit, this is the epitome of that. 
<laughs> in video. But the thing that gets me is that he continued to move forward with his questioning and ask Leon another question on top of just being so blatantly rude to the guy. And I was just shocked that it went that far. I mean, if this happened in Leafs Nation, I'm sure a bodyguard would come flying from the side and just, I don't know, body check someone or I don't <laughs> They wouldn't yeah, let that happen. Yeah, the Edmonton happen. PR department should have stepped in a little, a little sooner. He should not have been allowed to ask any more questions after he had asked him why he was being so pissy. <laughs> Yeah, and this guy has a, I mean, he has a great record because he represents the Hockey Hall of Fame, but at the same time, he has a long record of these stupid questions with the Edmonton Oilers pretty much telling Miko Koskinen that the fans did not want him. And then there was an incident with Ryan Nugent Hopkins where he said some other bizarre thing where Ryan pretty much said, what, Jim? Yeah, Excuse talking me, about, I think it was a Nugent Hopkins <laughs> and Sean Monaghan fight or something like that. Yes, there's a whole reel of clips of Jim Matheson asking these bizarre questions. And they are, he acts like they're fully warranted. He acts like it's just another day on the job. And then he proceeds on Twitter to think his fellow scripts to have his back. While the rest of Twitter is like, do we need to paint it on your forehead, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, this is something that just kind of irked me this week. And I feel like if this was a female reporter, she would have been fired on the spot after You're it probably happened. not wrong. But. Oh, well, let's be honest. Yeah. A female reporter probably wouldn't have been asking those ridiculously stupid questions to get to that point. Not that. Men that, are the only ones who yes. ask stupid questions. <laughs> I don't want to get run out of town here by all the guys out there, but <laughs> historically, yes. in my experience anyways, we tend to ask stupider questions. Just just putting it out there. <laughs> Good response, so, Bean. <laughs> you can tell I'm married. Um, <laughs> so I got a, a, a couple Toronto, New York related this day in hockey history is for tonight as well. So okay, let's January nineteenth, nineteen eleven. One third of the famed kid line for Toronto is born. Harvey Busher Jackson played ten ten years for Toronto, Ooh. fifteen years in the league overall, including two with the New York Americans. Won the cup with the Leafs in thirty one, thirty two, and uh that same season, he was the youngest scoring champion in NHL history until Gretzky oh. broke it in 1981, but we won't go there. Of course. <laughs> of course. And then another portion of the kid line, Charlie Conacher, in 1932, became the first Leaf player to score five goals in a game as the Leafs dummied the New York Americans 11-3 to at Maple Leaf Gardens. Wow. So a couple nice. New York, Toronto Thanks tidbits for there. Wow. Can always count on you for these hockey historian blurps. I have no life. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I also have no life, but I only focus on the current 
current situation, which I'm bad for the history part. I'm just like, whew. but we have you, so that's not great. not just Toronto, <laughs> New York related, but on this day in 2013, the NHL season began after a 119 day lockout. Oh, interesting fact. Wow. Good to know. One other thing I want to bring up. Um, slippers, Willie. I mean, we all know a couple days ago, the GTA got dumped on by snow. I mean, I live in Oshawa and we got 55 centimeters of snow. But when you looked outside, it looked, it looked like three feet, which was equivalent to about seven hours of shoveling times five people that it took us to clear the driveway that day. But this man, William Nylander, of course, is posting pics and videos of him roaming around Toronto in his slippies like it's yep. nothing. Hey. <laughs> Something oh, you said ab- you do? Absolutely. My, my wife used to bust my balls all the time because I had these little Skechers slip-on shoes that I would just wear because they're comfy and they're easy to slip on. And... I have these nice winter yes. boots that I never wear, but it's a pain in the arse to put them on and tie them up. I just slip the shoes on and go. There you go. You got to go with the boots that you can slip on because I'm also a slip on fan, but my shoes have laces and you will never know that they are <laughs> slip on. It is a trick to the eye, but trust me, I'm not bending down to tie my shoes. I'm slipping that on all day. And same with my boots. But did you like the goatee tonight? I also got to ask you. Did you like that new fresh goatee from William Nylander? Did you Uh, notice that? Maybe getting a little head start on the playoff beard. Yeah. (laughs) Try and pull the jumbo. Uh, Right. And then. uh, Seeing jumbo without the beard. Yeah, it's weird. Especially because he's had it for so long. I know, so weird. It's like he loses like 25 pounds and too. <laughs> li- like to do a little shout out before we end it off here as well. Bob Cole gets a Lifetime Achievement Award. Ooh. Can't even count the number of times that that guy has called just ridiculous moments in NHL history. The the Gilmore wraparound against Cujo and St. Louis and not the 93 run. You got Mario's goal against Minnesota and the finals Pittsburgh versus, um, or yeah, Pittsburgh versus the Minnesota North stars. It, the guy's an absolute legend. So just a little shout out to wow. Mr. Cole getting the lifetime achievement award. Yeah. Shout out. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, that's good to know. I love me a good feel-good story and shout-out. So also shout-out to all of our listeners. Thank you again for tuning in to Leafs Late Night. You are the best. We love you so much. And thanks for all that Absolutely. you do. Interact with us on Twitter and keep sending us your questions. And I'm trying to play this outro. And Yahoo, you question. suck. And... <laughs> Yahoo, you suck. I mean, we could not set our lineups tonight, but that's why you got to do it in the morning, Bean. Ah, I was making some uh, make making and- <laughs> some adjustments to my roster, and it froze on me. Fair, fair, but 
Okay, I guess we'll leave it here because we'll just pretend the outro is playing and yeah, we'll just pretend. Thank the you for listening playing. to Leafs Late Night with and... Steph the Fanalist and Bean. <laughs> Follow Bean at at insert your name here, Bean <laughs> at, at Bean twenty five on Twitter. <laughs> Yes, please follow him. He needs some followers on Twitter and just, yeah, just do that. Do that. And thank you. Love you. See you next time. <laughs> follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Seriously, follow Bean. And our Instagram account. Okay, bye.